Welcome to Life Learnings. My name is Paul Kachansky. Today in the studio, we have Daniel Ma, and he'll be sharing his life journey. Daniel, welcome to 3ABN Radio. Thanks, Paul. Great to be here. Daniel, you've come from a, an interesting background, a background from a Christian home. Tell us about um, where you grew up and what home was like. Yeah, well, home was really good. Mm-hmm. Um, I grew up in a Bible-believing Christian home. Mm-hmm. Uh, my parents were very loving, um, very, uh, yeah, always always showed that they cared about us in the sense of always providing, always putting our needs before their own. Mm. So, yeah, it was a great family to grow up in. And, Daniel, you'll be sharing your story about um, your life-changing moment or life-changing moments where you um, went from one degree to another degree, almost like a change in life calling. So this is where our journey is going to go to. So from a Christian home, did you always believe in God growing up? I guess I always believed in God, Mm -hmm. um, but it was just a matter of whether I wanted him to be my God. Um, I wasn't always convinced that I wanted to do what he said, Mm -hmm. but when it came to me needing something, then I was happy to pray and ask him to get it for me. (laughs) Family, tell us about your brothers and sisters. Um, I've got six brothers and sisters. and So you're one of seven siblings? Yes, that's right. Okay. Third last. Okay. Um, so I made it in there. <laughs> um, and I didn't yeah. realize you've had a, you, you grew up in such a big family. That's awesome. What was it like uh, growing up? Well, there was always someone to talk to. Um, <laughs> so that, that was good. Yeah. Uh-huh. And what do they do with their lives now? What do your, what do your siblings do? A variety of things. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Start from the top, top to the okay. bottom. Um, what are their names and what do they do? Well, Anita mm-hmm. is a, I guess you'd say, homemaker and also washes dogs, okay, um, pets. Mm-hmm. And John, he's uh, he's also married with kids mm-hmm. and he works with my dad mm-hmm. with computers. Mm-hmm. And Vashti, uh, she is working for the Productivity Commission. Mm-hmm. Um, That's a cool name, Vashti. That's yeah, not, not a common name. No, it's it's biblical. Very special. Actually. Very yeah. biblical and very special. Nice. Yeah. Okay. Hello, Vashti, if she's listening. Yeah. And um, Connie, uh, she's she's done some admin kind of work and okay. marketing. Mm-hmm. And then there's me. Mm-hmm. And Daniel. Then, yep, Daniel. And then my younger brother Alexander is a musician, okay. an aspiring musician. And my younger sister Eliza is a, an aspiring historian. Oh, so okay. Still, still in school at the moment. Nice. Yeah. So, Daniel, you're 25 uh, at the moment. That's right. So, I guess you're halfway to 50. Yeah, that's right. 25 <laughs> going on 50. That's me. <laughs> that's okay. We're we're all just relative. Yeah. Age is just a relative uh, relative number, because um, you were on a, I guess, a path to become what a scientist of some kind. You were you were studying at university, so you finished yeah. school. And then you went straight into uni? Is that what yeah, you I went straight into uni studying mm-hmm. science. Um, my my intention, strangely enough, wasn't to be a scientist. Okay. I wanted to be a federal police officer. Okay. And um, I was quite serious about that. I had been for some years okay. and um, had been looking at all the requirements and trying to work out the way that I could get in. Mm-hmm. Um, and science was one of the courses that they suggested as a possible university degree. Okay. Yeah. So... Um, what university was that? That was in which state? That was in Victoria. Okay. Um, in uh, Melbourne at Monash University. Okay. And how did you like that course? Was it a was it um, an interesting course to do? Yeah, it was interesting, mm-hmm. or at least it certainly had its interesting moments. 
And, um, yeah, I feel that I learned a lot uh, from that in terms of about the scientific side of things. Mm -hmm. But, uh, yeah, uh, there's, there was a lot more to learn. Yeah, for sure. And um, one day your life was about to change when you bumped into some people. Yeah, well, in the lead up to that, um, I'd, I'd been kind of wrestling with God a bit. I'd, I'd gradually, in the years leading up to university, I'd, mm-hmm. I'd been maturing and starting to have a, more of a real faith. Mm-hmm. And So do you went to church week by week? Is yes, that what yeah, your life we, always, was? we always went to church every week, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, and I guess, like, like many people, you know, I just had my own struggles in my life and challenges and um, often not the sort of things that people would have seen from the outside, but mm-hmm. I guess just grappling with what my purpose was in life, mm-hmm. um, although I wouldn't have known it at the time. Mm-hmm. And I guess I realized at a certain point that it was only God that could give me that purpose. Just looking back, I mean, mm. looking back when you're a lot older, mm. looking back, but this is just relatively short, mm. you know, five, maybe 10 years. Mm. How would you how would you help someone else that's going through mm. the kind of end of high school, beginning of university days? Mm. How would you help them with some advice to mm. really make sense of their meaning and purpose that you found? Yeah, well, that's a good question. I think um, for me, spending time with God in prayer and really praying made a big difference, mm-hmm. and so did really spending time in the Bible, reading the Bible. Yeah. But in terms of what I would say to someone in that position, I would just say, just hold on, just keep living life and, Mm -hmm. you know, God will make things better. Mm. Because many people ask those hard questions Mm. and don't wait for an answer or Mm. find answers in something else away from God, apart from God, Yeah, Yeah, which uh, probably asks more questions than it does answer. Yeah, yeah, I don't know what that would be like. I'm, I'm sure you have a lot of people in the program that experience that. Yeah, and and many yeah. people do walk away from God and go into you know a place that they'd rather not have gone. But then, yeah, many of them come back, many of them don't. Yeah, and for myself, I guess even just growing up, you know, I never would have been considered a, a naughty kid. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, you know, I wasted a lot of time playing computer games, you doing whatever like else. That. You don't look like a naughty you know? kid. <laughs> well, thank you, I guess. <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, wasted a lot of time. And I, I really, you know, sometimes I think, you know, if, if only mm-hmm. I had spent that time more yeah. usefully, you yeah. know, what, what could have been different. But, yeah, yeah God's good and, and I'm happy with my life as it is now. Well, God hasn't finished with any of us just yet. No, that's right. It's a, it's a journey that he takes us on. Yeah. So, Daniel... How did you see um, your university time growing in your relationship with God? Mm. What what questions were you finding answers to, and what what um, what were you still not quite right about? Mm. Yeah. Okay. So, I guess as I was reading the Bible and um, praying, mm-hmm. on the one hand, I was I was being encouraged because God was becoming much more real for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, my relationship with him was becoming much more real. But at the same time, I was finding things in the Bible that challenged my beliefs, uh, that I was found confusing, and I couldn't necessarily get very good answers um, from the people that I knew mm-hmm. uh, to those questions. And so, yeah, and, and also I was feeling more and more convicted of things that I should be doing, um, which the Bible taught and which I wasn't doing, and I didn't know anyone who was. Uh-huh. Um, so it was it was kind of, yeah, it was a bit of a, a wrestling match between me and God. 
So, Daniel, can you pick up, you mentioned kind of two um, avenues that I want to explore a bit further. Can you explain some of the things that you had questions, serious questions about that you didn't have answers for? And then part two was finding things in the Bible that were challenging to you. So can, mm. can, do, can we do the first bit first? Okay, sure. Okay, so I guess the first point that was challenging was um, I was reflecting particularly on Romans 6 mm-hmm. when it talks about um, dying and being raised again in baptism. Mm-hmm. And I was christened as a baby, but I'd never been baptized as an adult. Mm-hmm. And I just was very convicted that I should be baptized as an adult as something that I could consciously think of and see myself as dying and being raised again in Christ. So just from that passage, you were convicted about baptism by immersion. That's right, yeah. yeah. As, as you read it in the Bible. Yeah. Were any of your siblings baptized? Yeah. So um, some of my older siblings were baptized. We were in the Baptist church for a time. Mm-hmm. Um, but by the time this conviction came to me, uh, we weren't there anymore. And mm-hmm. um, where we were, they didn't normally baptize adults. Okay. Wow. Interesting. And um, so what did you do about it? Well, I, I thought about it and tried to find ways around it. Um, I thought I thought about all sorts of possibilities, but the real answer didn't come um, until, like you mentioned, I met some people at university. Mm-hmm. Um, so we'll get to that yeah. just a moment. But uh, there was part B of that question mm. where you were being challenged by the things you were learning Mm. that you didn't find in your current experience. Mm. Can you elaborate on that a bit? Yeah, so probably the key one was a desire to share the gospel with people. Um, Mm. First of all, I was convicted about my lack of desire to do that. And then secondly, I was convicted about my lack of ability to do it. So Mm. um, in order to kind of uh, try to learn and grow and do it myself, I actually went and I made a survey and I got on the train and went and surveyed some people on the train. Just of your own of your own interest? Yeah, that's right. And wow. sort of questions that I was kind of interested in knowing answers to and also that I thought maybe people would be interested to answer. Mm-hmm. And um, somewhat to my surprise, that was actually fairly well received. Um, not everyone wanted to do it, but mm-hmm. most people were happy to. Mm-hmm. And, um well, it was that's yeah. very innovative. Yeah, well, it was a it was a big kind of. I only did it once actually, and and sometimes I think oh, I'd be nice to do it again. But um, <laughs> I guess God was just you know that was what God convinced me to, uh, convicted me to do at the time. Wow. And um, and yeah, and that was a positive experience for me. But I still felt like that was just you know such a small thing, and there wasn't much I could do on my own. Mm. You know, I wanted people to train me. I wanted people to work with me. Almost like a support group. Yes. Because it's much easier to have Christian fellowship and do a project together or to, you know, um, outreach to, to a community in a group setting. Yes, that's right. Which is a lead into, we've mentioned a few times, that mm. your day was going fine mm. and it was about to get finer. What happened? Yeah, well, um, as a science student, we had our own science library, but I was doing an arts subject uh-huh. and I had an essay which I had to do some research for. So I had to go to the arts library, mm-hmm. which is a different side of the campus at Monash University. Mm-hmm. And um, when I was uh, walking over there, I saw a couple of ladies with a sign that said Bible School. Mm-hmm. So I thought, oh, isn't you know, isn't that good? Here's me wanting to do evangelism, and here's some people doing it. Um, I had no idea where they were from, and assumed that 
they wouldn't have anything much to teach me, mm-hmm. um, as you do, you know. Because you're a Christian from growing up? Well, no, because, you know, I've been the one that was spending all this time studying the Bible, you know, uh-huh. how it is. You know? Yes, yes. Um, I know a lot. Okay. Yeah. Yep. Um, but still, I thought, well, you know, they're doing something that I'm wanting to do and I'm not doing it. I should go over and encourage them and, and thank them for doing it. So I did That's that. That's very noble of you to do that. Well, I don't know. I just felt mm. convicted to do it at the time by mm. God. Um, mm. I felt, you know, it, encourage yeah. encourage another Christian. On yeah. The, on well, why not? It wasn't going to cost me anything. You know. So what did you, what happened? Well, um, I was surprised to find out when I shared with them about some things I've been learning that they agreed with me. Um, for mm. example, when I said that um, the Old Testament is still important and valid. Um, they said, yeah, we believe that too. Oh. And I thought, oh, wow, that's... Um, that's encouraging. That's, that's a good step. Yeah, that's right. I, and, you know, and I said, oh, but you know, I think even the law is a good thing. It's not a negative thing. And they said, oh, yeah, we believe that too. Was that a surprise to you? Yeah, it was. Yeah, I was kind of expected that, oh, no, but the law's, you know, the law's been done away with and, uh-huh. you know, it doesn't apply to us. It's not useful. These questions that you're having, mm. did your family engage in these questions and answers and, and discussion? Yeah, well, my family... Um, also saw value in the law, mm-hmm. um, but you know we weren't exactly sure how you know because there are some laws that we kind of like we're pretty sure that is relevant to the Jews in the ancient times, mm-hmm. uh, but there are other laws which seem to be relevant to us today. Mm-hmm. So we weren't quite sure where to draw the line. Okay. You know? So going back to these uh, these university students mm-hmm. at at the at the campus, so you kept engaging in conversation. Yeah, and um, something that really impressed me was that. Even though I was kind of, I sort of said, oh, look, you know, I, I don't, they were inviting me to a program that was being run at, on the campus. Mm-hmm. And even though I wasn't really, I wasn't really willing to come because I, it was just a bit different for me to go to something like that by another church. Yes. Um, but they said, well, let's, let's pray together. And I was kind of a bit taken aback. Just there and then. Just there and then out in, you know, the front of the library with people walking past. And, and I thought, oh, wow, you know, I mean, <laughs> It's a bit forward. Yeah, that's right. I thought, you know, here's me, the spiritual one, uh-huh. you know, and these people are willing to pray in front of everyone, you know, boldly. You didn't uh, kneel down, did you? No, we didn't kneel. Um, we stood, but, you did, know, we closed you? our eyes and bowed our heads and everything. So. That's all right. I mean, yeah. you don't need to kneel in public. I mean, no. that would be a bit of a spectacle. Yeah, but, maybe drawing but, attention to ourselves. But uh, just had a prayer. Yeah, yeah. And What happened? Yeah, well... Um, the interesting thing is, first of all, as I said, that impressed me um, mm. because that showed me that actually these people had something that I didn't have. Yes. Um, they had a boldness um, to be willing to willing to show that they're Christians in front of in public, in front mm. of everyone, mm. even if those people may not agree. Mm. Um, and as a science student, that was something that I wasn't used to doing. I was used to hiding my faith wherever I could, you know, in order to protect myself from. Um, mm. Peril. So, in a way, this was a, a gentle encouragement for you to say, "You're a Christian. I'm a Christian. Mm. Let's pray to God. We're both, we're both praying people." That's true. Yeah, yeah. And actually, while um, one of those ladies was praying, she felt impressed by God to offer me a book which she had. Mm-hmm. Um, it's actually a, a book which. Just that morning, she'd been impressed to bring with her. She normally mm. didn't bring it. Mm. And, uh, and yeah, as I said, during the press, she was impressed to offer it to me. You found out about this after the fact. Long after, yeah. Long after the fact. Yeah. Because this book would change your life in a way. Yeah, that's right. Um, 
actually leading up to this, I'd, I'd been offered a book which had been really helpful to me. Mm-hmm. And so I made a decision at that time that if someone offered me a book, I'd take it. Mm-hmm. And uh, so that was the only reason I accepted the book uh, because I felt bad. Take, it was a pr- private copy of this book mm-hmm. and I felt a bit bad taking it because it was a thick book and who knows what it cost. Uh-huh. Um, and uh, And so... When I was offered to be given it, I kind of felt bad to accept that, but I still felt I should accept it and read it. So then I said, well, look, I'll I'll borrow it from you mm-hmm. and I'll return it. And I thought, well, when can I return it? And I thought, oh, okay, I'll return it at the program that you're wanting to invite me to. Mm-hmm. So I ended up going to the program and taking the book. Oh, wow. Did you read the book in that time? Um, I read the or book. Most of it? I didn't finish it, which was good because that meant that I ended up having to go to the next session in order to return the book oh. <laughs> um, so but um but yeah i i really like history mm-hmm. and the book was full of history mm-hmm. and so i found it really interesting it was covering an angle on history that i'd never seen before mm. um a sort of a biblical angle on history since the bible times mm-hmm. had you studied history privately or had an interest on the side because you're doing a science degree mm. an art subject mm. And, and a historical interest. So that's right. That's yeah. kind of very different. Many yeah. people are one or the other, maybe two, but you've got three kind of avenues here. Yeah. What did you learn about the book and what's the book called? Yeah. Okay. So to answer the first question, actually, the art subject was criminology. Oh. And I was doing that um, as a lead into federal police work. Mm-hmm. Um, although by that time now, I felt convicted to go into ministry instead. Mm-hmm. But, um, uh, History was just an interest of mine since ever since I could read. Basically, um, we'd read children's I'd read children's history books. I'd end up getting my hands on textbooks and read them, and mm. I, I just loved history. Mm. Um, but I didn't. I, I used to say there was no future in history, uh-huh. um, which uh, <laughs> maybe isn't true. But uh, I, I, I felt that I wouldn't get a job if if I made that my specialty. Uh-huh. Um, so. For anyone who is a historian out there, apologies. That was just my impression at the time. That, that's personal um, personal thoughts. For that yourself. was at the time, and mm-hmm. it's probably not. I, I necessarily wouldn't think that way now. But yeah. Um, but yeah, it that was a personal interest. But the the book itself, mm-hmm. um, which was called the Great Controversy, talks about the uh, controversy between Jesus and Satan uh, as it works out through history. Mm. Uh, so that it talks about what the Bible describes, but it also goes on through through history, mm-hmm. through the early church, uh, the uh, the medieval period, the Reformation, and even after that as well, mm. um, some of the great revivals. Mm. And, and also talks about Bible prophecy about the end time as well. Would you say someone has to be interested in particularly history or in uh, religion to understand and appreciate this book? No. And, I mean, you know, if if you find something boring, you can always skip it. You mm. know, it's not it's not like you have to read every word. But mm. personally, I found it all interesting. Mm. You know, it was it was things that you just don't read in textbooks very much. You know, a lot of the time, a lot of textbooks gloss over a lot of the religious aspects of history, or they just mm. focus on the negatives or something like that. Mm. Um, but I think this book's quite balanced. It shows some of the uh, the uh, bad things that have been done in the name of religion, mm-hmm. but it also shows some of the positives as well. Mm. So this. Um your interest in history and also in Bible prophecy. Mm, um, yeah. How did this book help answer some of those questions? Yeah, well, with Bible prophecy, I was very confused. Um, it was very hard for me to get reliable information about prophecy and Revelation in particular. Mm-hmm. And I actually ended up coming across something on the internet which 
somehow convinced me that um, the Great Pyramid had a significant uh, role to play in understanding Bible prophecy, and it seemed very convincing, mm-hmm. and uh, that there was a date for Jesus' second coming that we could predict, and uh, it was still in the future. And I, you know, I thought, well, this is plausible. You know, this could be true. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, I was could read in Revelation all these signs of the times that, you know, I could see were looking pretty pretty imminent. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I was I was very interested. <laughs> but where do you find the where do you find the the difference between what's theory and fact? Where do you mm. come back to? How do That's you right. how do you judge whether a theory is true or false from a scientific perspective, from a historical perspective, mm. in terms of Bible prophecy? Where do you come back to? How do you, how do you find that balance? Yeah, well, that's the thing because so much of what I'd been learning yeah. uh, or thinking that I was learning was really just speculation. It was just some person came up with a clever idea yes. and maybe sort of changed the data to fit with it or something. Uh-huh. Um, and and that's what impressed me about this this book, The Great Controversy, that I was given mm-hmm. uh, because I've been so accustomed to all these ideas based on speculation mm-hmm. and yet this just showed Bible texts, so Bible passages. parallel with the Bible. Yes, Bible pa- pa- passages which mm. shed light on the prophecies, and maybe they weren't from Revelation. Maybe they were from other places. Mm-hmm. And when you put them all together, it is like, like you said, like in science. You know, if you just base your theory on a few of the facts and you leave out the rest because they're not convenient for your yes, theory, yes, yes, then you're going to get a wrong theory. You need to take all the facts and find the line of best fit. If you like, you got to mm-hmm. find the the theory that will fit all the facts the best. Mm-hmm. And you may still have some doubt. You may still have some confusion. There may be some things that aren't quite clear, mm-hmm. but you'll still be taking all the facts into account. And mm-hmm. this is what it was like um, in this this book, The Great Controversy. Mm-hmm. And when I went to that seminar, this is the thing that really impressed me that the speaker was doing. Uh, he was showing the um, the Bible passages to, to actually interpret the other Bible passages rather than just saying, well... Uh, this says this and I think, or, you know, this says this and clearly it means this without really giving me any reason from the Bible why it should mean that. Daniel, that's important because I went to a Bible study recently and I've been a Bible student for most of my life Mm. and I was really impressed by this uh, person that was leading out saying Mm. this Bible passage and then cross-reference to this Bible passage to find further explanation on the first one mm. and follow, as you say, a, a line of best fit between mm. the text. So the Bible helps understand the Bible. Mm. That's right. And I guess for many people that that learn truth or expand or grow in their Christian spiritual experience, very seldom does it bang happen in one go. That's right. So in your yeah. experience as well, you're... you're going from a step to step to step to line up the passages, to line up the picture, to get that sharper view yes. based on what you were learning before. Yes, that's mm. right. And it was a process. Mm. You know, it was a process of learning. And I'm, I'm glad that uh, nobody you know, tried to grill me on what I believed and tried to tell me everything I believed was wrong or something like that yeah. uh, because it would have offended me and it would have uh, put me off. And I guess we need to be careful as as uh, people to respect other people's faith journey. That's right. Um, yeah. So you start reading this book, you start mm. attending these 
these lectures, presentations, mm. and it's matching up and you're finding that it's true to the Bible. Mm, that's so right. what's, what happens from that journey onwards? Yeah, well, I guess the first big step for me was when I was reading the book and listening to the seminars, yes. the Sabbath, uh, the seventh-day Sabbath, which prior to that I'd been keeping Sunday as the Sabbath, mm-hmm. uh, which I, I was inspired to do by a man called Eric Little, Mm-hmm. who was an Olympic runner who refused to run on Sunday because for him that was the Sabbath. And, mm-hmm. and uh, so that was, that was what I was convicted to do at the time. And, but then I saw the evidence that actually Saturday was the original Sabbath and that it still remains the Sabbath that God wants us to keep. Mm-hmm. So I began to keep Saturday as well. And, uh, <laughs> both so that, days. Yeah, for a while I kept both days uh-huh. um, and, and sort of gradually transitioned, I guess, when I was fully convinced that, that yes, uh, Saturday is where God's leading me to keep. Mm. Uh, but, um, yeah, so that was the first step. And that was a big step because that was probably the first significant step that I took beyond what my family had taken me on. Yeah. 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 Because um, as a family, we were very spiritual. Uh, we talk a lot about spiritual things mm-hmm. and... Um, I really have a huge respect for my dad, mm. and uh, he's you know he's got a lot of wisdom, mm-hmm. and yeah he taught us very well. Mm. But I had to make that choice that I would make my own decision, and not rely on my family to make the decisions for me. Although they were supportive yeah. of, of my choices. And Daniel, I guess that's very very important that we mention that because mm. there are many people that want to be respectful to their parents and honor their parents. Yes. And honour the family, yes. but at one point, to calmly, quietly say, mm. "This is where I'm at." That's right. Yeah. Was it well received? Yeah. I mean, my my family's was incredibly supportive and mm. still is. And yeah, I'm. I just praise God for that. And many times, it's not so pretty. No, no, of course not. And yeah, I've I've met people who've had have challenges for that and. And I guess God gives each person the strength to um, handle the situation that they're in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and there have been times when, you know, different beliefs always always can create tension. But in a way, I think it's been healthy for my relationship with uh, my family and my parents mm. to have had, had to be able to make that independent step uh, that I can now start to relate to them more as adult to adult. Mm. Our guest today in Life Learnings is Daniel Marr, and he's sharing his journey of faith from um, his life and he's only a young fellow 25 years old and uh, we appreciate Daniel sharing your story so Daniel explain to us further when you were going from your science background and you were going on and learning more about the Bible and and finding some answers where did you see that God was leading you to I as as I mentioned I was wanting to be a federal police officer mm-hmm. and and I guess that was because I wanted to help the community. Um, also, there was an element of wanting to be a hero, I guess. You know, we we all have that kind of, or at least some of us do, mm-hmm. have that kind of desire in our hearts. Um, and I grew up around uh, September 11 and uh, all the all the stories in the news about terrorists. Mm-hmm. And, of course, that's become even more topical now, mm-hmm. incredibly. Mm-hmm. Uh, but... Um, there came a point where as my spiritual uh, relationship with God was deepening, I was starting to think, well, maybe when I retire, it would be good to uh, do some work for God. 
and then that's a long way off. Yeah, that's of course you know put it off <laughs> a long way, uh-huh. and then um, then I started to think, well, maybe even while I'm in the police force, I should try to witness to people because I was starting to realise that really the as good as a job that the police do, mm-hmm. in the end, no amount of police can solve the world's problems. Mm. No amount of police can uh, really make the world the place that it needs to be. Mm. And we need Jesus to make the world the place it needs to be. So you're looking at this from a Christian perspective, saying God is the only answer to our problem. That's right, more and more. Which, uh, Whereas mm. though pre- prior to that, uh, I... Of course, I believed in God, but I didn't really see him as the answer to the world's problems. Mm-hmm. Um, I, that's just not the way I was thinking. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so yeah, I I was kind of having this transition, and silly actually, I I I did a I did a unit in chemistry, mm-hmm. which I'd been getting worse and worse marks in the more advanced I got, mm-hmm. but I was just determined to to do well at it uh, because I I enjoyed it in high school a few years back. High school chemistry and university chemistry are two different things. They are things. different. And and the thing is, I was hoping that it would be better, but uh-huh. it was worse. Um, <laughs> Good on you for persisting. So yeah, what happened? Yeah, well, um, I remember in the chemistry exam, I was, uh, I, I just knew when I saw the exam paper that I wasn't going to pass. <laughs> oh, and dear. and I, I prayed and said, oh, God, if I pass this exam, I'll be a pastor. Oh. Hang on, you prayed that prayer. I in the did exam. in the exam, and then I thought to myself, "How how silly is yeah. that? Yeah. You know, if God wants me to be a pastor, I should do it, whether I pass the exam or not." Okay. So I prayed, "Okay, God, I'll be a pastor." And um, and you set the exam. I set the exam, but I failed it. Oh. But um, but that that's all right because I think that was God's way of showing me that. Yeah. You know, I might have plans and ideas about what I'm good at, mm. but often I have no idea what I'm really good at, mm. and God knows. And and instead, I went down a different path in my degree and ended up uh, doing quite well by the end of it mm. uh, because I'd, I'd found subjects and areas that were more in my area of gifting. Mm. Uh, but at the same time, I still had in my, my mind that memory that in the end, God knew what was what was best for me. And so every time I'm tempted to doubt the calling that God's given me, I can remember that, well, my plans weren't so great. So um, God's the one that really knows what what's best for me to do. I just want to highlight what you said just, just recently now. Yeah. Because for many young people, mm. they think, I've got these talents, I've got these skills, I've got mm. these abilities, and that's where I should go. Yeah. And God is either out of the picture mm. or in a little bit of the picture. Mm. But to have that that understanding and that appreciation to say, God, you're in my whole picture. Yeah, that's a bold step. Yeah, and for many people, whatever age in their life, whatever stage in their life, for them to say, "God, here's my life. Please direct my life." Would you say that's an easy thing to do, or is it a challenging thing to do? It was challenging in the sense that it took years to get to that point. Mm. Um, but in a way, it's the only thing to do because there's no point fighting against, well, as, as Paul was said, why do you kick against the pricks, you know? Mm. There's no point fighting against God um, because in the end, God is just so powerful and so loving and all he wants to do is make our lives better. Yeah. What's the point fighting against him? Yeah. And yet we do so often and, you know, that's, yeah. And I guess many people struggle to find out, is it God's will? Is it my will? Do I do I go where it's easy or do I go where it's difficult? Does difficulty mean 
a closed door or does difficulty mean learning some lessons? That's right, yeah. And sometimes we need to have some hard experiences to help us to to learn that we don't always know what's best for ourselves. Mm, mm. So sitting through this exam, you finished the degree? I did in the end, yeah. Congratulations on finishing that degree. That wasn't the first degree you've uh, you've attempted and and completed because soon you'll be completing a second degree. That's right. It wasn't the last. (laughs) It wasn't the last. Um, What did you do about your witnessing, your sharing your faith Mm. in the lead up to as you were finishing university? Yeah. Yes. I um, actually, when I was still in the beginning of my degree and I felt called to become a pastor, I was inclined to go quit straight away and go and study theology. Mm. But I, I got some good advice, um, fairly strong advice, to finish my degree, uh, maybe grow up a bit more mm-hmm. um, or mature a bit more, whichever way you want to put it. Mm-hmm. And um, <laughs> Mature sounds better than yeah, grow up. Yeah, that's right, it sounds. <laughs> but it was probably more the former. Uh-huh. Um, and, um, and I guess I took that on board, and, and I'm glad I did because – that was when I was 19, I think, mm-hmm. yeah, 19, 19 or maybe even 18 still. And I'm 25 now and I'm mm-hmm. just nearly finishing uh, a graduate diploma in theology. And I'm so glad I've had those intervening seven years. Mm-hmm. Um, I've learned so much in those seven years. And now that I'm studying theology, I realize just how big a thing it is to be a pastor. Mm-hmm. There's just so much you need to know and mm-hmm. you, you really need God's help. Yeah. Um, so some of the things that I, I did, yeah, I finished my degree and I helped with uh, campus outreach while I was still studying. Mm-hmm. And, and that was really excellent experience, helped me to uh, increase my confidence meeting new people, especially. Mm-hmm. Uh, it really, really challenged me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, so you were more shy and retiring? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Strangely enough, although I was always known as being a talkative person around people that I knew, uh-huh. but um, yeah, meeting new people wasn't the top of my fun list. Uh-huh. Well, go on. Yeah, and um, also um, I started doing a bit of door knocking because that was mm-hmm. something that the the uh, group that I was with now, what did. Does that What does that mean, door knocking? Right, so uh, you go to doors and you knock on them. And uh, if people open so, the door, then you talk to them. And, <laughs> what um, were you talking to them about? Uh, well, you, you talk to them about a variety of things, um, but mostly asking them questions about themselves, what what uh, their beliefs are, mm-hmm. or what things they would like the church to run in the community or something mm-hmm. like that. Almost like surveys, because interesting, yeah, you had that survey that you, that you That's right. did on the train. So yeah. this was like, wow, this is something you can do. Yeah, and um, actually that was, you know, I was really keen to be involved with the with the door knocking and all the outreach things because that was what I've been convicted to do before. But mm-hmm. now I had the support team that I've been wanting. Uh-huh. God um, provided me with that team. Were these young people, old people, mixture? A uh, bit of a mixture. Mm-hmm. Um, fair few young young people. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, it was a, so it was a campus campus outreach. So it was mm-hmm. quite a lot of youth. But um, but yeah, no, it was it was good to have a variety of people around uh, to learn from and to. You know, grow with. Mm-hmm. So. How else did you share your faith? Because you're obviously mm-hmm. um, learning more yourself and being involved in in outreach and witnessing. Yeah. Where did that lead to? Yeah. So one of the things that I took up, which was particularly recommended to me as a good pr- preparation to be a pastor, was uh, what can be called co-portering or literature evangelism or uh, 
or whatever whatever name suits best. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's what basically does that yeah, it's basically going from door to door, a bit like door knocking, but mm-hmm. uh, instead of doing a survey, you're showing people health books and spiritual books, mm-hmm. which uh, will be good for, will good for the community to have, mm-hmm. and um, encouraging them to actually purchase those books for a donation. Mm. Uh, so that's. That's a lot more challenging mm. than door knocking. That that takes a lot of, actually, that grows my that's grown my faith doing that more than anything else. Really? Yes, because doing that, you get to experience a lot of the kind of rejection that Jesus experienced. You know, mm-hmm. um, a lot of people misunderstand you. A lot of people um, are simply not interested, and you just got to get used to that idea, mm. and you just got to learn to put up with it. And that's life. You know, mm. life is full of disappointment and full of people not being interested in what you're doing and the sooner we learn that the better it is for us um, but it can be it can be hard to learn that sometimes in you know just in your ordinary church life because people are all so kind yeah and I guess in the real world that's right many people do go through those challenges and think that God is not an answer for their problems yes and they don't want to know anything about what you've got that's right yeah and um, yeah all, all they can do is just keep searching because um in the end, God will get through to them if they're willing to listen. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You have a particular story that you want to share uh, about a young guy who has almost the same, almost uh, parallel life to what you were doing. Yeah, well, I, I don't know too much about his, his life in depth, but I, I met him just recently when I was doing this uh, this book selling from door to door. And uh, he studied very similar things to me mm-hmm. at uni as, as what I did. And he was probably a similar age. And his mother was a Christian, but his father was an atheist. Mm-hmm. And he himself was a bit, you know, a bit undecided on religion. Mm-hmm. So it was it was a great pleasure for me to meet him, and also a great pleasure for me to leave him with a copy of the Great Controversy, mm-hmm. the uh, same the, book that, that the same book that changed your made life. a difference in my life. Yeah, mm. and um, I hope he reads it, mm. and when he when he's ready. Um, but in the end, I'm just glad that I could. Uh, be a part of of helping someone else the way that someone helped me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For our listeners who would like to obtain a copy of the Great Controversy and find out for themselves um, this book that helped Daniel on his spiritual journey with his interests in history and in Bible prophecy, mm-hmm. contact us at Three ABN Australia Radio, and we'll be happy to um, point you in the right direction. Would you recommend that book, Daniel? Yeah, definitely. I'd recommend. Uh, I when I go from door to door, um, I recommend that book to a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Um, People, anyone who has uh, concerns about religion mm-hmm. and wants answers, anyone who has con- questions about the Bible, uh, anyone who has uh, fears about the future, anyone who's interested in the past or in the future, it, people who are interested in politics, people who are interested in mystery or crime, mm-hmm. um, anyone anyone that has an interest in, in discovering those kinds of things enjoys, can enjoy that book. Mm. Yeah. So it appeals to a right, wide audience. Definitely, yeah. Daniel, would you say that there there are members of your family that have encouraged you and that members of your family that have maybe looked at you and said, oh, Daniel, you're going in the wrong direction? Mm. Yeah, for sure, for sure. How do you deal with that? Well, it's always nice when people encourage and agree, mm-hmm. of course, and um, I guess the challenge for me there is not to be too sure of myself mm-hmm. uh, because sometimes pride can be our biggest enemy and uh, if if people support you that's great mm-hmm. but if that tempts you to become 
arrogant and think that you're always right, um, think that your understanding that you've come to is the best understanding and no one else has anything to contribute, then we need to take a good look at ourselves and remember who it is mm. that does the teaching. Mm -hmm. It's not me. It's not any of us. It's Jesus that does the teaching through the Holy Spirit. So, um, yeah, but when it comes to people disagreeing, um, and that's that's perfectly natural. You know, when you're in a family, you're used to being honest with each other, and, and I think that's a very important thing for families. Mm -hmm. um, and that's okay. You know, mm -hmm. it's okay for people to disagree. And, and I try not to uh, force my views on my family and tell them about what I believe because, you know, if they're interested, they'll ask. Mm -hmm. And sometimes they do, and, you know... And if, if they have strong convictions that I'm going in the wrong direction, then they counsel with me and talk to me and, mm. and I listen and you know, I, I try to understand where they're coming from and I try to explain my perspective and why I feel it is the right direction. Mm. And, yeah, they've, they've been supportive. A healthy dialogue is always good. It is, that's right. And recently you got married. I did, yeah. Congratulations. Just over six months ago. Wow. Yeah. How's that changed your life? Well, it's, in a sense, filled my life a lot. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I, I have someone that I can talk to, mm -hmm. someone that uh, I can spend time with, whereas though before I'd just be used to doing things by myself a lot. Mm -hmm. um, now there's someone that, that shares those moments, and that's really um, made my life much, much better. Mm -hmm. What's uh, your wife's name? Stephanie. And does she support you in your journey to be a pastor? Yeah, she does. Mm. Um, I, I made sure she knew that that was my calling early on so that mm -hmm. she could pull out while there was still time. <laughs> As we thought of you. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but no, that, that wasn't a problem. And she's a very spiritual person and mm. got a very genuine and deep faith. So she, um, you know, I mean, we all, we all have our struggles, but um, I think she'll be a, a very good pastor's wife. Mm. And I hope that she'll be able to have her own, um, her own ministry as well, whatever, mm. that sh whatever shape or form that may take. Yeah. What would you say to young people that are listening that are Christians themselves and then start going through that time of their life where they want to date someone and perhaps mm. find a life partner mm. and are looking outside the Christian faith but them themselves are a Christian? Mm. Have you seen that um, from your experience of your friends yeah. or, or colleagues? Well, I've experienced it anyway. You've experienced the it. The temptation, so yeah. What, what would you say to someone that mm. that is going through that? Yeah. Yeah, well, I would say, um, first of all, have patience. You know, I, I did not, I never met Stephanie until um, I was, I think, 23, maybe. Mm -hmm. or, or, yeah, 23. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I mean, I wouldn't have been even 18 yet when I felt like I was ready to get married. You know how it is. You know, when, <laughs> when you're young, you just, you just think, yeah. oh, you know. I'm ready. Why not? You know. Yeah, yeah. Um, and there are many people that get married young, and that yeah, seems to work out. But yeah, and that's that's fine. There's a lot, matu lot of maturing between 18 and 23. That's right. There is, and um, and there was for me. Mm -hmm. And I guess the the point is that at the time it seemed like there wasn't anyone that was just right for me. Mm -hmm. But when the right person came, it was clear. And she shares my values. She shares my beliefs, and we can talk to each other about about things. Mm, and mm. you know, we can we can always come back to those values and beliefs to ground our relationship. And it it brings a harmony into our relationship that we just couldn't have mm. um, if if we didn't share those core values. We would have to be to some extent dishonest with each other. We would have mm. to withhold our true 
thoughts or feelings um, in order to cover up that rift. And, and I think that would be a horrible way to live so many years of your life to be always feeling like you need to hide things. Um, whereas when you can be honest with each other and you can talk through things and end up coming to the same conclusions because you share your values, mm-hmm. it's a beautiful thing. Mm-hmm. And I guess it's it's uh, a struggle for some people. They want to get married more mm. than they want to um, just wait and patiently experience what God has for them. Yeah. Would you say yeah, right. God knows best? I certainly would. Mm. And something that I... I Something that I was convicted of before I met Stephanie was that if it if it was God's will for me to not be married ever, then I could still be happy. And it was soon after I came to that conviction that I did meet Stephanie, actually. Um, and I think that was a very important place for me to come to because it, it took away a large area of insecurity mm-hmm. in my life where I felt like if I don't have this external thing apart from me and my relationship with God... I, I can't really be happy. Therefore, I'm not willing to submit to God in that area. But, yeah, once I came to that conclusion, I said, yes, okay, actually, I've experienced that God can give me joy um, in my life without providing anything in that direction. Mm-hmm. That was when I was I was actually mature enough to be able to have a, a real relationship and a, a real marriage mm. that wasn't simply trying to patch up something, a weakness of my own. Mm. That's very insightful that you share that because there are some people that do feel as if a spouse would complete them, mm. um, that feel maybe they're not complete without one. You know mm. what I'm saying? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. yeah. So maybe we should encourage all of us to be complete in God and then whatever God's will, be it single, be it married, mm. um, be it in a family, be it with children, without children, those kind of questions to find our completeness and our wholeness in our loving creator God. That's right. And our Heavenly Father. That's right. So you're currently studying, Daniel. I am. Um, how's that going? Well, I'm getting through it. Mm-hmm. I'm getting through it. And as I said, I'm glad for the years of lead up that I had for it because it... Um, it, you know, it challenges every aspect of your life to study theology. Mm-hmm. It, I, I sort of assumed, and I think a lot of people think that, you know, you, you become a pastor if you can't really do anything else. You know, if, if you're a bit lazy and a bit, um, you know, not, not very good at uh, doing another job or something like that, not, very, not a very good sense of motivation or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, it, it challenges your spiritual life. It challenges your, uh, like, memorization and intellectual Part of part of your brain, and also mm-hmm. your creative part of your brain, uh, your literary thinking, mm-hmm. you know, your presentation, your social skills, yeah. Yeah. even your physical yeah. uh, health. We're even we're even told to make sure that we look after our physical health. Mm. So, so it's a whole being, whole total life. Very holistic. Yes. Very holistic. Yeah. Which yeah. I think is a good thing. Yeah. Um, but it, yeah, so that's. But at the same time, I'm just glad that I've had all this this preparation and. And I, I guess I take my hat off to the guys who can come straight from high school and still get through. But, uh, mm. but yeah, I'm enjoying it. Good on you. Where do you see yourself in, say, five years' time? Well, five years' time, I'm hoping to be a pastor at a local church, mm-hmm. um, perhaps a country church. My parents are both from the country originally, mm-hmm. and I've always had a soft spot for the country. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, hopefully a church that has... Um, has enough challenges that I can always feel like I'm 
being being worthwhile, you know, that mm. I'm not just kind of an appendage on the side, you know. <laughs> Do you have an, a favourite area of ministry at the moment that you've uh, been involved with with your undergraduate, uh, with, with your studies? Um, well, I've been involved in the senior Sabbath school at my mm-hmm. local church, mm-hmm. which I'm really enjoying. What's, it, what's that mean? So that's uh, senior there is more a reference to um, age, I think, rather than uh, level. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, but it's probably the true true for both. We like to think that oh, I like to think <laughs> that it's the top class. You know? Okay, it's the uh, it's where all the smart ones are. So what's Sabbath school? What's all that about? Well, Sabbath school is before the church service. It's a bit like Sunday school, which kids go to in a lot of churches, mm-hmm. but it's for all ages. It's for mm-hmm. kids. Um, there are also um, adults. Everyone everyone attends Sabbath school, and mm-hmm. uh, it's a bit like going to a Bible study, but it's more of a discussion. Mm-hmm. You know, we 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 talk about a lesson, which we have a pamphlet, and we can sort of give our view on things, mm-hmm. share a Bible verse or mm-hmm. an insight that we've mm-hmm. had uh, during the week. And uh, yeah, the best thing about being a teacher in the senior Sabbath school is that uh, I get to learn a lot mm. um, because I just ask the questions and everyone gives me the answers. <laughs> that's a good position to be in. It Although, is. That's right. What answers do you have? Do people ask questions of you? Not well. My, normally, my answer when they ask a question of me is, "That's a very good question." Does anyone have, <laughs> uh, you know? And and that's. Uh, I'm not saying that I couldn't necessarily answer the question, but often someone else yeah. in that class can answer the question better than me. Many people in the community have questions about the Bible, have questions about spirituality. Mm. They listen to radio, they listen to 3ABN broadcasting. That helps answer some questions and it may help raise or stimulate some other questions. Would you say Sabbath school is a place where they could learn about a particular Bible topic or a particular area that's perhaps unclear to them? Yeah, definitely. I mean, Sabbath school is quite structured. Mm-hmm. So the the topics tend to be preset, and we talk mm-hmm. about a specific topic. But uh, if you want to dialogue just in general about the Bible and spend time with other Christians and have that discipline of not always wanting to talk about whatever comes into your head, mm-hmm. um, which some of us uh, can suffer <laughs> with at times. Little pet project. Pet That's pet right, board. exactly. You know, I'm really interested in this at the moment, so everyone needs to listen to me talk about this. <laughs> um, yeah, we, we all suffer. Those kind of people get annoying after a while, don't they? We do from time to time. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. But, um, but yeah, no, it's a good discipline, though, to have mm. something else and then to learn about something different, yeah. you know. Um, and, and, yeah, there's all sorts of different ways that if you have got a specific question, there's, you can usually meet someone in Sabbath school that would be only too happy to mm. spend time with you, whether it's in your home or um, in a public place or something and study mm. the Bible mm. together. Would you say there are there are advantages in joining a small group study? Yeah, well, small groups are really good, especially because you can build close relationships. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes when you go to church from week to week, you, you say hello to people, uh, you ask them how they are, they say, I'm good, you mm-hmm. say you're good. And it's that's, all good. It's all good, and that's, gonna, <laughs> that's all it is. Yeah. And, uh, and yet in a small group, especially one which is uh, led by a, a leader who is conscious of the fact that people need uh, to be open, mm-hmm. one that's willing to be open about their own struggles, which mm-hmm. can be hard as a leader, um, then it can be a time and a place where you can really open up about what you are struggling with at the moment, mm-hmm. not necessarily in the, all the gory details or whatever it may be because that's mm-hmm. not healthy. But uh, you can you can just mm-hmm. say, yeah, I'm, I'm really struggling with God at the moment. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, there's a decision in my life which I just can't make and yeah. I need direction. Yeah. And others can say, well, we'll pray with you about that and... Mm-hmm. 
yeah. and a supportive Christian environment. That's right. Because yeah. God invites us to community. God invites us to family. He does. He puts us into a church family, puts us into a human family. That's right. And for many people that walk away from the family of origin, Hmm. Um, either by distance or by choice or hmm. by circumstance, yeah. to then find a family of God. That's right. To say, you know, this is my new family. That's right. And uh, for some people, the things that they're learning from their um, life, like you were, you were um, grown, you were, you were growing up in a Christian home, and then yes. to move to another faith, hmm. another Christian faith. That's right. Um, it can be kind of daunting to say, you know, other people that that can support me in this decision. That's right. It's very important. Mm. And so, you know, I, I encourage all churches to run small groups where people mm. can open up about their own experiences. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Our guest today on Life Learnings has been Daniel Ma. Daniel, you've shared a lot about uh, about your life, and we thank you for sharing honestly and openly. Thank you for having me. Um, how would you summarize what we've talked about? I guess... Uh, I guess it would have to be just learning to submit to God, mm-hmm. uh, because that's that's been the challenge for me. I'm I'm the sort of person who, although I don't sort of go around trying to push my way on people a lot, I want to have my way for myself. Mm-hmm. And God has helped me to see that if I let Him direct me in how I live my life, He will make it much more worth living than it could have been if I'd made those decisions. Mm-hmm. Fantastic. Daniel, I see how God is leading your life, and I pray that God will continue to lead you and Steph in your marriage, in your ministry for him. And I would like to encourage our listeners that have heard this to reach out to God in a full way, to really give God an opportunity to create a divine appointment in their life, to reach out to trust God with their whole heart. Um, I see that God has led you in little steps that has created a path. And um, I encourage all of our listeners to be brave enough to follow God's leading. If it's biblical, if it's in accordance with what you know, go for it. Absolutely. Mm. Daniel, before we go, would you like to offer a prayer for our listeners, please? Yeah, that'd be a pleasure. Thank you. Our Father in heaven, I thank you that you have led me throughout my life, even though sometimes I didn't want to be led. And Lord, I pray for each one listening that you would lead them into the path that will give them life more abundantly. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Daniel, as you look at the next five years, may it be a good five years, may it never end. Um, And I guess that's what Life eternally is life that never ends. God bless you, Daniel, and your family. God bless you too. Thanks, Paul. Thank you. Well, God bless you, and tune in next time for another Life Learnings on 3ABN Radio Network. You've been listening to a production of 3ABN Australia Radio.
Blessed Assurance, played by Christopher Dellen.